Hey guys, welcome back to another episode of Tip of the Cap. Uh, this is just going to be a continuation of my conversation with Paul Trippy. Uh, before I get into that, just want to send a special shout out to all the big local teams that are doing doing big stuff. Um, FCP going into um, FCP and Royal Printing going to the Triple ABA World Series. Uh, Diesel with a big win in Triple A Muni to go to the um, Battle Creek again, which has kind of been a Buffalo Creek thing as of late. Uh, I believe Hamburg Legion won the state tournament for the for uh, Legion baseball, and I'm not sure. I didn't do the didn't do the research prior, but there may or may not be a national tournament that they are now heading to. And anybody else that I missed or forgot, I, uh, I apologize for that. But uh, anybody anybody that's got a big tournament going on, any anybody that's got you know some big time stuff happening, good luck out there and uh, do Buffalo proud. Now, without further ado, here's the remainder of my conversation with Paul Trippi. Uh, we pick up talking about different promotion for um, ball players across social media and sifting through fact and fiction of the, all of that. So, uh, thanks for tuning in, guys, and you know, hope you enjoy the rest of the chat. It's tough. It is. You know, there's there's a lot of promotion out there that you wonder, you know, oh, I'm just. I mean, and, I, and I've shared things on my players especially recently stuff like that you know but i'm i'm sharing things from other sources you know i'm i I, you know retweeted a performance from um ben farrell who's another lefty for me and you know it was you know i i used his numbers from pbr and video of him throwing i think it was in pittsburgh in a tournament um you know i'm i'm not sitting there trying to fudge you know fudge those like if you 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 can cross that with pbr it'll it'll match i gear i promise you that you know, what's to stop somebody like, uh, 85 to 87. Yeah. Well, like, well, the thing is that was my thing. I, as a coach, the, the hardest part about the showcase and even when I was doing it was talking to the college coaches, which I, I met on the fly. I got to know a lot of them that, that some still text me and email me, ask about players, even though I'm not doing that anymore. Right. But I know a lot of high school guys will ask about kids. And if I can find information, I help them is I'm, I'm not going to, fluff the numbers because once you do that and they meet them you're like a jerk yeah as a coach Absolutely. there's no way i'm there's no way i'm going to be like giving fake numbers out to make the kid look good and then i look because he's never calling me again right so I'm like you just lost a contact you lost respect you lost credibility yeah and people understand it's like your numbers have to be real it's that plain and simple i mean it's it, it is what it is. Yeah. You either put the work in or you don't. And I'm not going to lie. Even if you are putting the work in, that's the best you do. That's the best you do. And you'll see a lot of guys as you'll see the six foot two, easy arm angle, easy flow, let's go, but they're not putting numbers on because he's not throwing hard. Right. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Room to grow. Well, yep. he's, he's hitting 72. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it, it's, it's, it's funny. You know, it's, it's funny. It's funny you bring that up because, you know, and there, like I said, there's a lot of promotion on social media right now. There's a lot of legwork getting done on social media and, at some point you got to wonder where the line is because if everybody, everybody, every catcher is sub two, every pitcher is pushing 90, every hitters got gap to gap power with heavy pull side power for home runs. You know, every, every kid's got potential. Every kid's got room to grow. Every kid, you know, I've been around the game a long time. Some kids, that's where they're at. That's going to be it. You know, you, you, they could, they could work as hard as they want to for the next seven years. And that's that, you know, and, and, and at the other end, there are some kids who 
every word of that is 100% true. And it's, you know, it's got, I, I don't envy some of these recruiters having to sift through all the, uh, no, all the BS that could be out there, you know, cause you never know. It, it all could be true. It could all be BS and it's your job, I guess, to figure out which is which. And that's what makes a good recruiters good. I mean, you'll see guys exit velocity off the tee, but they can't hit a ball thrown to them. Yeah. Literally just can't. I mean, it looks nice, but I'd like to see exit velocity in live game or something as far as not off a tee. I mean, there's a difference between the practice guy. And I've mm. seen some kids in practice in the cage like this. And you're like, you're like, look at this kid. He's an absolute stud. And I've had him play for him. Like he was old for four and struck out seven times. And I mean, there's something about a game player. And the guy looks good in practice. Yep, is that way? It's it's a big deal. It's yep. uh, the uh, it's tough. It's the the looks good in a uniform metric. You know the kid kid walk kid walks out looks you know looks good in the uniform and turns a couple heads and then doesn't really put it out on the field. But the uh, well, they all notices is left-handed pitchers will get second, third, fourth, and fifth chances to throw. Mm-hmm. The colleges will keep coming. I had that. I had four lefties on my team. And the coaches in the area were constantly text me, and you do what you can. If he says he can only be there Friday, and he wants to see that kid, you pitch that kid Friday. You're, right. Showcases, parents don't understand. You're not there to win the tournament. There's not really a tournament for a showcase. You're playing four games. You'd like to win the games, but you're showcasing players. Right. You're not trying to win games technically. It's nice to win the games, but colleges want to see certain guys on certain days. Yep. We had guys. You know, we were up in Slippery Rock up there a couple times, and we had some good showings. A lot of D two, couple D ones up there playing back and forth, and. They asked, hey, is this guy going to pitch? And they asked me about Colin was one of the guys they asked me about. I had another kid that I'm not going to mention his name was big hot commodity in this area. Mm-hmm. Everybody wanted to see him. And he didn't come to the first day because he had to work, quote, work. And he was at a concert. And then he showed up and, like, was over at – he was over the tournament. Right. Like this. And he got in the mound and he threw three four pitches and started yelling at the umpire because he felt he was being squeezed. And I never seen so many laptops just, like, get closed <laughs> at once because mm. it was over. And what they understand is, and I don't know if this happens, but they said, there's not enough, there's not enough scouts here. Sometimes I've been there where the scout was actually the umpire. The mm-hmm. kid was like the recruiting scout for like Virginia and he was umping, he was the home plate ump. I mean, it, 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 it could be, you don't it could see be a, that I mean, it could even be as simple as, you know, I mean, we all know umpires in this area. And if I, like, if I, if I hear that, you know, my buddy Eric, who I, you know, referenced a few times on the show, if I hear that he's, you know, working a tournament and I'm like, Hey man, if you know, if you, if, are you umpiring this team today? Like, yeah, that's, you know, I, I just took a look at the thing. That's who I got. Like, Hey, if this kid pitches, let me know how he does because exactly. I trust his opinion. You know, I trust, you know, and, and he's, he's going to sit there and look at me and be like, I don't really see it, man. I, you know, I don't know what everybody else is all hyped up about, but I just don't see it. You yeah. know, I'm, I'm going to trust that, you know, I, cause I trust his opinion as a baseball guy, you know, and it's, it, I, I try to tell my guys all the time, you never know who's watching. You, you know, never know what they're setting up. They might have a, a coach might tell that umpire and those things, hey, I want a tight strike zone. I want to see how this kid looks on a tight strike zone. What mm-hmm. is what is his mound action going to be? What's his posture? When he, if he's getting squeezed on so-so pitches, what's his demeanor going to be? Right. Is he going to walk back the mound and go back firing? Or is he going to be like staring the umpire down, looking at his coach and rolling the eyes back and walking back? It and you still see it like you can tell these kids over and over again they continue to do it. It's like this isn't helping your cause. Right. Trust me on this. It's not helping your cause, and it's frustrating. I mean, it's uh, sooner or later you hope they learn. The kid went out. He is playing ball still somewhere. I mean, I thought he should have went higher and better, but right. 
it is what it is. Yeah, you know, I mean, it's it's definitely a conversation I've, you know, especially as the pitching coach, like, dude, you can't show emotion. You know, there there are umpires around here, you know, and, and even just from that level, there are umpires around here who the first time you, you know, scoff or, you know, exasperated exhale or roll your eyes or, you know, shrug your shoulders at them, that zone just got even tighter. And every time you do it, it's just going to squeeze more and more and more. Because some guys, as you know, as me and Gresham talked, you know, they interject themselves too much into the game instead of just, well, he didn't agree with it, but that's the zone. Deal with it. You know, that's what a good umpire would do. But that we, we all know that they're not all good. And, you know, dude, you can't, as a hitter, you know, and as a player, I've always been more of an offensive guy. If you throw a ball that you don't think should have been a ball and you start getting emotional, I win. Because you're not thinking about me anymore. You're not worried about me. You're not saying, I need to throw this pitch in this spot because that's where he struggles. You're going, oh, no, I got to adjust to the zone. And uh, like, thank you. I win. <laughs> like, you you made my job easier as a hitter. Exactly. And, you know, again, getting kids to understand that and conveying that message isn't always the easiest thing. But, you know, it's, that's the emotions tied to the game, too. Yeah. And overall, though, we have a lot of good players in this area. A lot of good I players feel. in this area. It's gotten so much better. Um I think in the house league baseball, from what I've seen, because I actually coached the year of house this year, my little guy, is you're getting three or four top players. You're not getting the middle road players anymore. Mm. You're just getting a bunch of kids who are just like their parents are dropping them off. Right. When we were younger, when you played, it was like you had three or four studs, maybe five guys who could play baseball. Yep. And you had like one or two kids who could put their mid on. Yep. Well, now we got like six kids that can't put their mid on, and you got three at the top. Yep. And that's the problem I see right now with the local baseball as far as house. And everyone's running to play travel, and there's 8,000 travel teams. Who are, it's pretty much what we've developed um, a travel house league is what we've developed now. Basically, yeah. An expensive travel house league. An ex- it's an expensive travel house league that a lot of them over, I don't want to say promote, oversell themselves, I think. And... Basically, what it is is you you've basic you you get to pick and choose who you play for, who you play against, where you play, when you play, and what leagues you want to play in. So you're not tied to playing just South Chitawaga, just Southside, just Southline, just North Buffalo, just Lancaster Pew, just Clarence, just Lou Gehrig. Like you know, oh well, we're we're a travel team from Lancaster. We're going to play the travel team from Lou Gehrig and the travel team from Clarence. And like every single one of those kids could file back into the little league, and make the little leagues better. Because Little League Baseball is still important, in my opinion, especially at the younger ages. Well, and you look at the Little League Baseball. Cleve Hill lost their Little League. Beverly Hills closed years back. That mm-hmm. was Chittawaga Central. And then uh, Sloan doesn't have their Little League, Little League anymore for JFK. Those three schools do not have JV teams because the numbers are so low. Yeah. Now, I'm at Maryville right now. We still have NC AAA, which is getting smaller, but we still have a team. But we're still feeling a modified JV and varsity team where they're not. So even as a modified coach, I came and play them because they're playing seven, eight, nine. Yeah. They fight as far as playing me. So if people don't think the house leagues count overall, it's going to hurt your high school team in the future. And it, it, it's dropping because all those travel guys that you're playing with are p- from different schools. Yeah. So when you get to high school, it's you and your one buddy and like, oh, those other kids aren't very good. Well, it's because there's no house league from the play with anymore. I mean, our, you know, per- perfect example that three of our five coaches at the high school are involved in Lancaster Pew Little League in some way, shape or form. You have you know, to be. If you gotta whether whether it's running clinics, camps, lessons, helping with team practices, just in any way, shape or form that we can make things better because, and, and you know, Lancaster Pew Little League, I believe, is one of, if not the only, little league in the Western New York area that 
every year reports an increase in signups. That's incredible. It you really know, is. I mean, it's, but, it's, you know, but again, they have their own facility. They have an indoor facility that you can go to and, you know, every house team gets practice time. Every travel team gets practice time. Like, you know, they have a gorgeous park that they're only trying to make better. The Lancaster Pew uh, Booster Club is, you know, trying to get at least two, like one small field and the big diamond at Westwood Park turfed. Wow. You know, they're, I mean, they're, they're trying to make it someplace that people want to come and play because if you don't, what's going to happen? You know, and you're going to see teams fall off and team, you know, and pro, you know, the, the program shut down. I mean, how many, I, I, I know Matthews and McCarthy used to exist. I don't know if it still does. Yes, they're still there. Okay. So they're still there. I know Lou Gehrig is still, is still there. Um, but I mean, when I, when I was growing up and we hit, you hit a certain age when like the, the enrollment in baseball naturally goes down because other guys, like guys have realized either they don't enjoy it. It's not that fun or they're not that good. You know, so you get that, hey, Lancaster can have a team of 20 guys that want to be here, want to play from 16 to 19 years old, and we're going to play Babe Ruth Big League, and we're going to play the Babe Ruth Big League team from Lou Gehrig, from North Tonawanda Little League, from, you know, from all these different teams. And you were a travel team, and we I looked around, I'm like, this is mostly Lancaster varsity baseball right here yeah. at the time. You know, and it's it was the same way. You know, the, the, the team from Eden was their underclassmen that were going to be on varsity next that, that had a shot of playing varsity next, the next year. You know, well, there's so was, something to say for kids that play together going to high school. And that was one of the benefits I think Maryville had last year in 2018 when they had their run was those kids were all kids I had, they had played against since they were like eight. Mm-hmm. House ball, travel ball together. It wasn't like we didn't have a lot of kids. We had a few kids in different organizations, but the core of the team, the six, seven, eight guys, had played together since they're eight years old. Yeah. Nowadays, like I said, there's a team there now. It's like they it's all these travel guys. I'm a modified team alone. I think I had eight different travel teams on my modified team alone. Yeah. Eight different teams. Yeah. Which is, oh, you're all playing travel. That's great. But at the same time, is you don't play together. Right. Which, which is, I mean, you see the difference when guys play together. They know each other. They want to play for each other. Now, obviously, you get these guys in the school to get together, and they all think, well, my team was better than yours. Man. Mm-hmm. And then you have that. It, oh, is, we, it isn't a close-knit thing like it was before. It's a little, you know, we, little more separation there. We, we definitely had some angry phone calls from parents this year at Lancaster from our modified tryouts because, you know, well, my son plays on this team, and he got cut, but that kid you kept plays on that team, and we beat that team every time. I, I don't care. Yeah, not playing a team. <laughs> like, I, <laughs> that, that means literally nothing to me, you know, you want you want to look at your your son's evaluation form. He didn't touch a ball in the cage, and he missed every ground ball we hit to him. Yeah, but I'm glad you're, you know, it, it, so much so that we actually had a, uh, and you know, I planned on having um, somebody else on to tell this story, and I probably probably I'll, I will let Neil tell the story, but uh, if he if he wants to come on, but he helped with our modified tryouts this year, and he coached against a parent of a kid that they cut inevitably and that the team of the kid that got cut won, and in the handshake line, the dad like tried starting with him because well, cut my kid kind of thing. Like, I mean, that was in middle of July cuts were in March. You're holding on to that for that long. And because you beat a team that he coaches, like because your son's team beat a team that, he coached like 
it justifies your anger for not being on the Lancaster modified team when Lancaster high school baseball has nothing to do with anything that's happening on the field right now. But you know, guess what? We, we all know, we all know about it now. That's and, just, you know, and so, so what did you do? You put your kid behind the eight ball. Am I going to cut your kid because of that? No. But if him and another kid are vying for the last spot on my team and I have to make a choice, well, this, this guy confronted a coach of a travel team that we have nothing to do with. Do I, is it like, so if his kid's not playing, is he going to confront me after a game? Do I want to deal with that? Probably not. No, he said it's uh, having good parents to deal with is a plus. Yeah. Plan and something. You don't need the extra aggravation as we, a coach. I, I have, a, well, you know, not, not at Lancaster, but at when I coached here for New Era, we definitely cut kids because of their parents. Or we told parents, you know, I had guys that I coached with, like, look, you're, I want to I want to keep your kid on the team, but you're not coaching this year. Well, I'm taking my kid elsewhere. That's okay. You want to go play for a team that we are going to do very, very well against the five times we play you this year because this team is going to be the best team in Western New York. That's fine. Your kid should be on this team. But if your ego is that problem, that's fine. Go. I'm okay with that. Yeah, it's you know, tough. It's, I know, as, as a coach and you're doing the travel or the showcase, I don't remember ever getting a parent coming up to me with their son going, who didn't play shortstop or wasn't the ace pitcher or everyone. You never get a guy who comes on. Yeah. He's, he's a solid bat. Usually plays like left. What? You don't hear that. <laughs> no. Every kid's a shortstop. Every kid that rolls up. I go, he's left-handed. Yeah. He plays short. <laughs> there, 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 there is one kid. There's one kid that I know of for fact. And, uh, I know Scott won't, won't mind me telling this story. It was, uh, Brendan Haywood, Scott Haywood's older son. Yes. Came came to tryouts here as a lefty and said, I'm a shortstop. And we looked at him like, look, kid, lefties don't play short. They, it's not a thing. He showed up the next year throwing right-handed and played shortstop for us. <laughs> he spent an entire year learning to play right-handed because he wanted to play shortstop. And he ended up playing shortstop in college. I mean, and you want to talk about a great story about like the work ethic of a kid. I'll take that kid every day because, you know, crazy. I'm going to do what I want to do to play where I want to play. You're not taking that from me because I'm left-handed. I'm gonna go get it righty. I loved it. Yes, that's insane. Yeah, sign me up. That's awesome. It was awesome. I'm I'm fired up talking about it again. That's. I had one parent who I took his kid one of the last picks on the team. I pretty much told him, "I need an outfielder. Your kid's gonna pitch." But when he's not pitching, that right field spot—that's <laughs> his spot. Yeah. And he played like shortstop on the house team like this, and they're like they were fine with it. Went out there and his one year, I think he got. First team, ECIC pitcher, a mm-hmm. couple times, committed to college, pitcher. But he, the parent and the kid knew that you're not playing short because I had two kids probably better than you at shortstop. If if I needed someone in a pinch, I knew you are available. But he embraced the fact that he was going to play right field, catch every ball hit to him, throw guys out with his cannon for an arm. Right. And he stood out there and he, he played for Maryville and did the whole deal like this. And that's what he did. Even at Maryville, there was times like I think at Maryville he might have played some infield because like I said we you're just short on guys and numbers. We didn't have numbers we had before like this. We just still had a great year with him there, but that was the parent I wanted. Right. He came in. You, you're going the right man. I need a right fielder. Yeah. And the kid was like, I'm in. Yeah. I'll take the job. I had one kid um played at Lancaster. We went out of town. Maz was a pain. Infield, infield. We went out of town. Took the kid. Parents didn't go. Put the kid in right field for the whole tournament. I think he played one or two innings at third, and he pitched for me. If we didn't lose in the final, we lost in the finals like five to three. 
it was like 14U. We were 13. And we played against some local team, like a Lou Gehrig, and they combined all their teams together and stacked the team. And we just brought my other team down. We lost by tournament. He wins the MVP of the tournament if we win the game. Yeah. It's his. Like, no one's even close. And you know the kid. He went to Lancaster. He went to Finger Lakes and didn't really play. He played one year and dropped out. His younger brother's going to Finger Lakes now. Oh. And I know exactly what you're talking about. And the kid had the best tournament of his life there by himself. Yeah. And he was just out hit everybody, out pitch everybody. I mean, he just, whatever I asked him to do, he did. And he was just great to be around. Yeah. But there wasn't the family parent pressure there. Mm-hmm. Go do this. Okay. Catching balls, throwing doubles, triples, line drive. I mean, he's, he wasn't even close. Like the MVP. Like I thought he would have got the MVP even on the even, losing even, team. Even with, he was that good. Yeah. It was like this kid, ah, the winning guy gets in their whatever got the thing. Like yeah. whatever. But I mean, you see it though. Sometimes the parents bring the pressure. Absolutely. And you know, they play better without him. Sometimes it's just I know the kid. <laughs> his father was my coach. I I cut two coaches one year and dumped the player one year, and the coaches were flipping. And he stood. He wouldn't even talk to me. I'm like we got too many guys dug out the same work and too many voices. You, you got to go off to the side. Mm-hmm. You, I, I, I like you. We're friends. Like this, we stopped talking to me after that, of course. But his kid was. He wanted to be a shortstop. I had I had shortstops. Not to do with. I had uh, St. Joe's shortstop. I had uh, Maryville shortstop. I had Giordano's on the team. That I mean, we had shortstops. I'm like, I had I could have gave him away. The teams were like, look at the guys you got playing short. They were playing third. And, I mean, yeah. center field. Two of the best athletes around. Yeah. And he was so mad because the kid was getting time in, but he had him at second base, right? He was my leadoff hitter. He probably had the best year he ever had leading off and playing second base. By far the best year I ever had. Yeah. Why his dad wasn't coaching. Mm-hmm. His dad was, wasn't his assistant anymore. I don't know if the pressure was off. He just, dad watched in the outfield and the kid was phenomenal. Yeah. And you just, you wonder the pressure some of the parents put on when they're at home. You know, it's funny. I, it was my last full year coaching here at New Era with probably easily the most talented team travel wise I was ever able to coach. And these kids would have ran through a wall for each other, for me. You know, this is this is that team that like you know you get chills talking about because like you, you you talk about a team that will go to war together. That was this group of kids, and you know they the first tournament or two, I had parents like huddling around everything and where are you going? Where's dinner? Where's this? Where's that? Like by the time we were done, I'd look like we're going. To, okay, they're gone. All right, guys, let's go get you know get the cars. We're going. To, we're going to Hooters. Like yeah, par- you know, like no, take our kids. We're on vacation, and there the kids were like, good go. We're gonna go. We're gonna go back to the hotel. We're gonna go swim, and then we're gonna play Xbox. Like, go away. I don't want my mom around me. I'm, you know, totally. but, you know. It, it, it took it took two tournaments for the parents to realize like they don't need you. You can just come here and spectate, and yeah, exactly. you know, and that, that they they would show up for the first pitch, and before we were done shaking hands, they were gone. I think the big taste of that when you go to the Vero Beach, we did mm-hmm. the Vero Beach same. You guys are down like this, and it's just like the kids. I, are, I love it. The kids I love the that trip. I heard it's done now. Heard uh, Vero Beach closed. The, it is the. Jackie Robinson baseball experience now. Um, MLB took it back over from what I understand, and they're changing things around. They're still doing the spring training and stuff, but it's not called Historic Dodger Town anymore, and there may be some modifications. I think I believe we are going somewhere different this year. I'm not positive on the – actually, I'm, I'm almost positive we're definitely going somewhere different this year. Yeah. But Just because I mean, we, we couldn't get an answer of what was going on with pricing and stuff. So Yeah, it's – it was a nice experience down there for the kids. It's more of a baseball. This is it. You're here to play baseball. And that, that's why we love going there. You know, and they get it done. The, the one thing we said we'd never do is go to Disney. 
because every team we talk to that goes there says it becomes about going to the parks and the BS and the running around and it's not about baseball. And we ask our kids every year, every year when we do eggs interviews, what about, what about something like Disney? And every single year to our kids credit, I don't want to go to Disney. I'm, we're there to be a team and play ball. I don't want to, I don't want to, I don't want it to be three kids go here, three kids go there, three kids go there. And while we're playing baseball, they're talking about what rides they want to go on that day or what park they're going to. And again, bless our kids because they don't want to, you know, I know there's other places, uh, you know, other schools that I've talked to coaches that they, if they weren't going to Disney, they wouldn't want to go. Like what's the point of the spring training trip then? Like, yeah, I, I, I wish we could move our league down there for two weeks, get our league play done. And you know, we 14 talked days about and... that playing league games down in, I mean, Hey, line them up. Okay. You're going to be able to, let's get these league games in down here. Yeah. The weather's nice. The pitchers are on. I mean, every time you've come back, you're leaving 85 to come back and it's like 30 and blistery. What? I mean, it was like, it's right. insane. And if, 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 you're lucky enough like, to, if you're lucky enough to get outside. Yeah. It's, you know? It was insane. The one year we came back, we didn't play for nine days. Yeah. We, we played down there six games, came back and nine days of no baseball stuck in the gym again. Yeah. It was, it was like, you know, and then like, oh, you guys play seven games in five days down there. Well, no, we play two games in five scrimmages yeah. because you're yeah. not allowed to play more yeah. than two games down there. But well, doesn't that wear on your arms? Yeah, but guess what's going to happen? We're going to come back to Buffalo. We're not going to play for two weeks. Then we're going to play a game per week. One of which will probably be a non-leaguer on a day that everybody else has makeups and has turf. So we're going to go play, you know, Franny's or Joe's or somebody when they don't have a league game played. And then we're going to. We're gonna pretty much pretty much finish our season in the span of about eight days. Yeah. So it's... so yeah, I need to know I need to know who I have in my bullpen who's gonna start game seven that week. Like in organization like Lancaster is so big and school wise, you're able to go down to it like we had a couple of years like we didn't go down, we didn't go down last year, the Michael's because and what it comes down to is we don't have the arms. Right. If you're not going down there, like we had like eight arms a couple of times it was decent. We had like four really good pitchers mm-hmm. and four guys that they knew how to pitch. So because when you come back, by chance, if you come back and two days later you have a league game like this, who's thrown if everyone's arms hang? Because you're playing, right. I say you're playing six, seven games oh, yeah. in like a four or five day span. You're playing double headers. Oh, yeah. You can't come back because your season's done then. Mm-hmm. If those arms are sore and you come back and you're going to throw it away, your season's over. You're, yeah. you're going to start off 0 and 4 and it's going to get ugly for the rest of the year. And parents yeah, will be screaming. Like, like I said, I've I've been been blessed enough to have a deep, deep bullpen every year. You know, got guys that even if they're not pitchers, they can pitch if I need them to. And, you know, every year we go down, I make the plan of like, okay, this, like if we're going Monday through, if we're going, if we're getting down there on Sunday night and we're coming back midday Saturday or midday Friday or whatever it is, let's call it midday Saturday. And we're playing two Monday, two Tuesday, two Wednesday, two Thursday, and one Friday. Like, all right, well, this guy's throwing the Monday or the Wednesday morning game and then we're shutting him down for the week. He's going to hit and that's it because when we, we're scheduled to play on Monday, so that's my guy. <laughs> exactly. You know, and, and it's like anything though. Nothing. I mean, you with coaches, we can go as planned. All right, he's pitching this day. He's like this, <laughs> but it, it, it's like you know, it, you get the whole game plan set out, but it's like a fight. Once you get punched in the face, game plan's off. Yep. I mean, you. Don't, I mean, they could get shelled the first inning. He's out of the game. Like, all right, I just wasted a guy. A guy's supposed to go five for me. He pitched like two thirds of an inning. Right. Now, what am I doing? Is he just threw seventy moved, pitches in one inning? Moved, moved everybody up. <laughs> exactly. Moved everybody up a game. And yeah, you know, I mean, it's. It's tough. There's not, never a definite plan what you want to do. It looks good on paper until it actually gets going. Absolutely. And everyone's like, who's pitching? I'm like, I'll worry about when I get there. Yep. Because I never know. <laughs> I mean, I was That's... one of those guys. I get I get to the practice. Who's throwing today, coach? And I'm looking around like, I'm just going to watch you guys play catch. Yeah. And I'm like, you're throwing today. Why? Because he looks good today. Yeah. He looks like he's awake. He looks like he's rested. His arm looks live. Yeah. But it's my turn to throw. 
you don't look good today. Yeah, you're you, not throwing. You, know, you look like you're fighting a little bit today. Yeah, kid. so it's one that's, of those deals. That's uh, that's one of my favorite conversations with uh, with Mark at the high school. Who's pitching today? I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> what, what you know, you know, Mark's a planner. I'm more of a field guy, and we, field, we, yeah. we we work very well together. We we really do. You know, we're you know we're. He, he he refers to me as the yin to his yang because we're just we're very similar but very different in a lot of ways. And well, who who what, what's your plan for the week? Well, tentatively it's this, but you know if he goes out and throws, you know can throw a, can get all seven for us tomorrow, then that guy moves here and these guys move here. Like you know, but if he goes out and gets shelled in the first, but we're still in the game, that guy goes there, that guy goes there, and like you know, but. We'll see how we'll see how well, it goes. You got coaches that work together. I did the one year with Barcy with Ryan Moore, who's a young guy. He's doing very well over there mm-hmm. right now, and he's been lucky enough to have some pitching. And this past season was okay, around five hundred. They lost they lost ten seniors, so it was, it was a tough tough. I, but he's still, I, I understand that. I yeah, feel that on a very yeah, real yeah, level this year. Yeah, same thing. <laughs> well, I said I always thought the two two seventeen class and two at eighteen class were some of the most talented players that came through at once. It's such a large number of players that were so oh good God. in that group. In, in all, and like for Lancaster, it was all, every single sport. It was, it was insane. I think we had only two sports that weren't section champions that year. Yeah. It was unreal. Those athletes in that group were just incredible. And since I knew a lot of the players, it was funny. Our big thing was Ryan was he'd call the whole game and like we get a guy 0 2 1 2 like this, a couple guys on the base, and he'd just look over the fence or maybe on the bench and be like, deuce away, fastball up high. Just give him a go like this. And the straight guy and look at him like, I know these guys. Yeah. <laughs> I've been teaching these guys for, for eight, nine years. I Fastball high, curveball away. It right. just, and it worked. We were like a thousand for a thousand. It always worked. But <laughs> I got like a foul tip or something. It was, it was kind of funny. But like, we just laughed about it because it just worked. It was like to deuce this. And I'm like, that's what I do. I mean, I know these kids. Right. And when you know kids, it's so much easier. It's when you're coaching kids you really don't know for the last few years or kids come up to you, hey, coach, I can move my swing. Well, the swing's a mess. Mm-hmm. You've been swinging like that since for the last six years. So maybe we'll get some T work in. Maybe fifty thousand swings off the tee with the right correct swing and look at you like I'm like I, I can't fix something that you've developed when you're eight years old to thirteen. Right. If it's that bad because your muscle memory's set on that. Right. You have to retrain that whole thing. Yeah. If you want to put the time in to do that. Coming, come coming to me the last week of February when you're trying out for varsity baseball. <laughs> yeah. On Monday, to yeah. fix your swing that's <laughs> been months. that's hasn't been great for how long? Uh, see what I can do, man. But you know, I'm not. I'm not. I'm not. I'm. I'm. I'm okay. I'm not that good though. Like. Uh, but that was one of my favorite, like Lancelotti things. Is like, well, it must be a week before tryouts because every kid that has, you know, kid pulls his bat out and has to blow the dust off <laughs> it to try to try to make his varsity team next week. Like, the but, big uh, difference is kids want to practice hit hit with wood. You, it, I always you, made, I always made my travel teams hit with wood. You hit all with year. wood. You learn to hit the ball. If you're breaking bats, there's something going on. Mm-hmm. I mean, wood, wood doesn't lie. Wood does not lie, and it's it's a I different experience. It's, I, I couldn't imagine putting a metal bat back in my hands. It's, it's just, just it really, it's, especially it's, the ones I swung, like those the BESR bats. Oh my god! <laughs> I, I watched a kid. Um, his name was Drew Krakowski. He, he was a Franny's kid, okay. and he put a ball inside on the handle of one of the blue stealths and the kid hit it out. I like it, like he threw it and the kid hit it off like that blue portion, like that, like the, the fibers in it and the ball went out and he looked at me and just threw his hands. I'm like, I don't know, man, that was a great pitch. <laughs> Said if that, if that thing's wood, someone's wearing it. Cause yeah, it's like, it's Oh, it was brutal. But, it's incredible. So, well, we are, uh, we are a little bit over the hour mark here. Right. So I'm probably, I'm going to break this up into two different segments, I think. And, uh, you know, 
put it out there as we go. It'll be kind of a little telling stories telling episode. Stories, I like it. Good time. Had fun here with you, big guy. I well, appreciate you coming on. Anybody you want to give a shout out to? Anybody you want to, you know, like I gave Austin a shot to, to rep uh, Aces Baseball here. Aces Baseball. All right, well, real quick. How did Dennis Crawley get the best facility in West New York? Let, let's get right to the point. I love Dennis. Good guy. I've known him since he was like 17. Um, great facility at the Pew. Amazing. He, he, hasn't, he hasn't let me live that one down. No. Maryville's getting infields this year, so we are going to get turf infields, so we will get a chance to play a little more baseball outside. Nice. Turf does give you the opportunity of playing the absolute miserable weather, though. I will tell yep. you that much. Everyone's like, you got turf, that's great, but at the same time, that just means when it's 30 degrees and blowing, you're, you're out playing. There. Um, I prefer grass, but I, I think I think we all do. But I like turf is a turf, necessity. turf is a necessity. It's a necessity out here, so, so it's one of those deals there. But enjoy myself. Uh, good luck to Maryville boys this year. Ryan Moore, they got some good eighth graders. Gonna be freshmen this year. They got like sixteen of them, so I think they're gonna be tough the years coming up. Yeah, nice. It, so we're looking good. Cool. Good to know. All right. All right, man. Look forward to seeing those boys out there. I always like paying, paying attention to teams that aren't in our division because yeah. you know if you're not in our division. Exactly. I, I can I can root for you. Um, yeah. Well, thanks to everybody for tuning in. A uh, couple of my sponsorship shout outs. Uh, check out my ridiculous sports podcast with my buddies, Hats, Tats, and Stats. Um, it's funny. You'll laugh. I promise. It's on YouTube. <laughs> Me and my buddies are a little ridiculous, but uh, it's a little bit more fly fly by the hip and uh, shoot from the hip than this is because you know I want this to be a little bit more professional. And for my bearded friends out there, take a look at Wild Oak Beard Company. Um, you know, I use their products almost exclusively to keep my face fuzz in shape and looking good. And, you know, I think you should too. And anybody who tells me that their face itches too much to grow a beard, I think you're wrong. You're just not using the right stuff or, you know, the weight of being a man is too much for you. Figure it out. For uh, and ground balls. Yeah. It, listen, it cushions the blow. It absolutely cushions the blow. And ladies love it. Don't let them lie to you. So thanks for listening, guys. Um, like I said, check out Wild Oak Beer Company, Hats, Tats, and Stats. And uh, like, share, follow. You can find this on Spotify now. Hopefully it'll be on YouTube, or not YouTube, uh, iTunes podcast in a day or two. So thanks for uh, thanks for stopping off, Paul. Good Thank you. Me. Thanks for having me.